Yo, 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 what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is I, your mother's favorite podcaster, a.k.a. the microphone messiah, Philip Antoine, your current reigning defending Bulletcast podcast champion. Had the retention of the cinch, as I always do, walking into WrestleMania 40, just like my boy, the tribal chief, at the head of the table as champ, as it always should be, baby. I'm joined by the Canadian Destroyer BT, Brandon Tanguman. Brandon, what's going on, man? Philip, doing just fine here. Talk wrestling, and you know, yes, you did maybe kind of successfully defend, but we both had the exact same picks, and we all got every single one right. Doesn't matter. I'm a champ. I'm enjoying a delicious pastry because of it. This is uh this is delicious. I found a uh, a bakery in, in in Berkeley, California, that I cannot give the name out because uh, I don't want people going there because this place is delish. Fantastic. But yeah, never, everyone who loves hearing people, you know, eat and chew and stuff, you're just so welcome to hear that mm. right there in your headphones. This is, uh, this is Bullet Cast ASMR. Mm. Mm. Or you trigger their something. I, I saw the word, I forget what the word is. There's some phobia What's about the word. Well, I can, I can look it up. I saw it, you know, on the TikTok the other day. The talk tick. It, What'd you say? Mis- misophobia. What is that? Miso- misophonia. What is that? People who don't like hearing chewing or swallowing. Mm. Sorry to hear that. All right, Elimination Chamber happened this weekend. Let's talk about it. This is our recap. Becky Lynch did it. She won the Women's Chamber. It will be her and uh, Mommy, spoiler alert, in the main or in one of the main events of WrestleMania 40. Uh, Women's Chamber was good. I mean, uh, her and Bianca had some nice sequences. Uh, Tiffany Stratton. I think she really excelled in this for being a breakout performance for her. Uh, Liv Morgan, you know, she played her part ex- excellent. That senton off the top on a Raquel Rodriguez was insane. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Women's Chamber? I thought it was good. Uh, I think just kind of the actual in-ring wrestling-wise, uh, I thought it was better than the men's. You know, it was a little more spotty, a little more, uh, you know, high-intensity. Uh, Tiffany Stratton, you know, she's had a little bit of a rough go here on the main roster. Her matches haven't exactly been the best, but uh, that Australian crowd really, really loved them. They they loved themselves some Tiffy time, and I I wonder if that's going to translate to the uh, to the United States on the uh, you know SmackDown week to week and stuff like that. But um, she, I've been touting her. I think she's a great talent. I think she could be possibly you know a, a solid heel opponent. For Bailey or Rhea or whoever the case may be, you know, going into the SummerSlam build in the end of heel this opponent. year. For why? Why Rhea? Rhea's still a heel. Well, you know, you know, maybe we'll talk about Rhea and Becky in a little bit, but um, yeah. I think Be- I think Rhea will be a babyface sooner rather than later. Possibility. Uh, yeah, Tiffany's right now. She's my pick to win the Woman's Money in the Bank. I'm, I'm calling it, it early. I'm calling it early. You know, she's like kind of that perfect heel gimmick to give, uh, to give, have the the money in the bank. Kind of, you know, similar to like a Carmella type, I think. Give her the briefcase, paint that thing Barbie pink, and let's go. Um, it's Tiffy time, baby. Um, yeah, the woman's chamber it was it was good. It was a lot of good wrestling, and it was just fun. It was fun to watch. Uh, the Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor retained their tag team titles against the uh, the New Catch Republic, being Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Really good match. Uh, all in all, the bad guys get the job done. 
Yeah, match was fine. Um, I think it kind of people expected Judgment Day to win. Maybe the uh, new Catch Republic could have sneak snuck it out, but um, you know it was kind of a I wouldn't say a filler match, but it, it was kind of just a match there to be to fill out I've, some time. I've heard people say like they didn't feel like the tag titles were threatened, given it was bait and done. Maybe if it was like somebody said like DIY again, or maybe the, the, the Creed brothers or something. I think the, I think the problem is these two teams didn't really interact at all on television. There's no storyline. You know, they won a tournament. I, I don't even know if they really were on screen together before, you know, before this pay-per-view. So it's like, are they really going to take the titles off judgment day for bait and done, which no disrespect to them. Like they're fantastic talents. I think under triple H, they're going to be utilized very well, but, we're a couple, you know, month and a half out from WrestleMania, and you're just gonna take those titles off of them without like a proper storyline. I don't think so. I mean, it's happened before in this crazy world of pro wrestling. Wouldn't be surprised, but I think we know where we're going, where they're going with those tag titles. Uh, the Grayson Waller effect happened. The World Heavyweight Champion Seth Freaking Rollins and the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes were the guests. Uh, Cody was trying to explain why he gave up. Is, or why he was giving his uh, main event spot at WrestleMania to The Rock, but then it gets interrupted. Uh, so we still don't know exactly why. Hopefully we can get an answer before WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on the Grayson Waller effect? I don't think we're going to ever get a, a proper explanation I for that. Just will. because I, I mean, I don't even know what the explanation you can give that would satisfy people. Uh, but this was just to get Cody and Seth on the show, Grayson Waller. I did enjoy them not him I, I enjoyed them you know not letting him heal it up like you know trash australia or anything like that he was just he went out there did his shoey with tai tuivasa shout out and he was you know the much loved australian while austin theory kind of played opposite to him and he played the heel in this yeah, scenario would, so i thought it was good why would why would he trash his own spot well in a previous regime people would come out even though they would be you know much loved whether they're well, well obviously if they're a heel and they would just be like oh you know the the Red Sox suck. Oh, boo. And, you know, do cheap, do cheap eat like that. I mean, is, is that a fact? Do they indeed suck? Well, currently they're like in a rebuilding process and, you know, historic franchise. I mean, back when this was going on, what, what, what did they suck then? That's what I'm asking. Were they just the drizzling, you know, what's. No, they're a proud franchise who would win multiple World Series after a long curse. Well, speaking of winning things after a long curse, Drew McIntyre has won the men's elimination chamber. Um, yes, he is going to WrestleMania 40 to face Seth Rollins. Drew's heel work has been tremendous. I mean, he's just been doing some fantastic stuff. Men's chamber was cool, man. Um, Kevin Owens trying to get at Logan Paul. Logan Paul drawing. Uh, saying Kevin sucks on his pod. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the brass knucks to Randy Orton, Logan Paul versus Randy Orton for WrestleMania. Didn't 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 see that coming. I did very much enjoy the the scene of Logan Paul, you know, bringing the brass knucks out of his trunks and then coming off, you know, off screen with the uh, the RKO from Randy Orton. I thought that was good. I can I can deal without people running into the chamber and beating people up, like LA Knight getting attacked by AJ Styles. Like, we don't need that. I understand you're, like, trying to build a match for WrestleMania, but, like, it's LA Knight versus AJ Styles. Do Are people really going to... You don't need to do it here. Let me just have LA Knight lose. It's not that big of a deal. 
you kind of ruin the integrity of the Elimination Chamber by having just people running because they did this last year with Logan Paul, and so they're doing it two week, two years in a row. Just... Well, I mean, but lastly, had to be helped out. So that AJ, he you know he flew all the way to Perth, Australia, just hoping to, to get his hands on LA Knight, and he was successful. He could have just waited, you know, save the CO2 emissions and could have just done that SmackDown this week. Yeah, but I mean, costing LA Knight this big of an opportunity is it hurts him more than just attacking him on SmackDown. I would argue that LA Knight, you know, didn't have that much of a chance to win at the beginning. We don't know. We don't know that. And, you know, Drew McIntyre dashing the hopes and dreams of LA Knight could just be another notch on his further cementing of a heel turn which has basically been a heel turn for the past, like, three months now. Uh, he, it's, he's he's a full heel. I mean, what, what are you talking about? He, he thanked, attacked the he, guy with a torn tricep. What are you talking he thanked about? All, he thanked all of us for praying for him to win this match. He is very graceful for all of us fans. And it's just everyone he, around him. He attacked the guy with a torn tricep. What are you talking about? Then he's been mocking the guy ever since. What are you talking about? Drew McIntyre, unlike CM Punk, has an injury that could put him out of WrestleMania, but he is fighting through that injury, and he is going to make sure he makes it to WrestleMania, unlike some people. Yeah, so like I said. Proud man. Like I I said, um, Drew McIntyre's a heel. He's a bad guy. Uh, Congrats to to Drew. 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 He's going to face the uh, the world heavyweight champion Seth freaking Rollins. All right, Rhea Ripley, mommy, she retains against Nia Jax. This was fun. This is a good match. I, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was exactly what it should have been. You know, I was kind of making the the WrestleMania three jokes, but this exactly was kind of like WrestleMania three. Match itself wasn't great, but Rhea was over in her home country. Nia put the heat on her for a little bit. Rhea makes a comeback. Bam, hits the riptide for the win. Crowd goes crazy. You don't need all that. You know, you don't need a five-star classic to be a fulfilling ending. You can just have the baby film. You know, baby face in this scenario, Rhea Ripley, get the win over the big mean monster. This is what Nia was here for. She got brought back in to put over people like Rhea Ripley, and I thought they built her up well. And now they're putting her in front of Becky for them Becky to beat, presumably next week or in a, another week or two. Uh, they should have put the title on Nia Jax. I need that. I need Nia to have another run, a real just monster run as champion. I need that. They don't give it to me. Not everybody needs to be champion. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here, here we go. Here. She was already champion once. We can't, we can't do it again. Not when you got like the biggest woman star in the company. Who was that? That would be Rhea Ripley. Oh, I'd say Bianca's the biggest woman star in the company. She has her own TV show. I would argue Bianca's cooled off a little bit. Not saying she's right there. She's probably two behind Rhea. I think there is a big, big time match once this whole bloodline stuff kind of boils over and it's kind of finishing up. Rhea Look, versus Rhea- Bianca can be a legit night two WrestleMania main event. Rhea has a couple big matches coming up. I mean, there's that. We we got to get Rhea versus Dominic. We got to get that at some point. Maybe. I, I, SummerSlam, I could see that happening. 
Dominic Dominic cheats on on Rhea. These are things. These are these are things. We we've talked about the the intergender matches. I don't think WWE would do a full blown intergender match. Maybe a mixed tag match. Uh, with... They can get they can get away with that one. They can get away with that one. Nonetheless, uh, Elimination Chamber twenty twenty four. It's over. What you, what were your thoughts? We can get on with the rest of the show. It was a very predictable, very adequate show. I gave it like a C. I don't know why I, people keep complaining about the predictability. You want them to just do something different to do something different when they have a no, I, I said it was perfectly fine. It's exactly what it should have been. Predictability isn't always a bad thing. Everything, you know, made sense in the story. And I think every beat their headiness towards WrestleMania made complete sense. I, I gave it a C. I didn't give it an F. I'm just talking about like people like on the internet, like it was too predictable. I'm like, my God, you want them to just completely change their plans just to satisfy you for what Raquel Rodriguez to win or Tiffany Stratton to win that is out of nowhere. No, we, we, they, have, they have a plan. I, I will hear the people from Australia who bought a ticket, probably very expensive ticket for a very predictable kind of lackluster show, but lackluster. Usually, they were in usually, a stadium. I mean, How many times does WWE go, go there for a stadium show? Well, every time they do a pay-per-view in Australia, apparently it's a stadium. Well, yeah, and, ju- and just like the one last time, it was kind of a, you know, kind of a glorified house show. But was it, though? I mean, Undertaker wrestled on that one Triple H in, in, in this time period. I glorify that. They're not doing house show. You know, you got the you got Buddy Murphy winning the Cruiserweight title at that one. You had what? Randy Orton versus John Cena for the last time ever or something like that there. I mean, there was, there was, there was some good stuff. There, there was some good stuff in that last one. Nonetheless, um, Elimination Chamber is cool. Uh, oh, what just what a what a what a B low low B it was, it was fine and did did the job. I was I was entertained as I should have been. Uh, moving on outside the ring, Ole Anderson has passed away. He was the cousin of Arn Anderson, but one of the original horsemen. Um, I mean, solid worker. I uh, I I wasn't really too fond of him. I'll be honest. You know, uh, all the stories you hear of him being a uh, not a nice guy. And I think that definitely does kind of color his perception. Oh, color. The, uh, I already didn't like the, those kind of people. In in the world of pro wrestling. Um, but, I mean, the guy was very influential. He had, you know, a lot of power back in the 80s, you know, the Jim Crockett era. Yeah, and he's, he's the guy that uh, told Mark Calloway that nobody would pay to see him wrestle. That guy became The Undertaker. And this is kind of my point. Like he has not, he is was not the best person in the world. He was not very personable. You know, maybe a tad bit racist. A tad, a tad, a tad. Uh, but I mean, you kind of have to acknowledge that the 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 man did have like a very solid, very influential. You know, and I think that's kind of why, like in this day and age, he's not really remembered like at all. Like I'm not saying remembered fondly. I'm just saying like kind of thought about at all like during that era. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. And then oh, this 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 one hurt me, bro. We got to talk about it. Virgil, Virgil, the breadstick boss, the meat sauce god, unfortunately passed away at sixty one years of age. I didn't realize he was he was uh born the same year as my mother. That's crazy, man. That's uh that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, relatively young for the era he worked in. Yeah, I mean, I think his last what wrestling appearance was. When he did that dynamite at Soul Train Jones. So, 
I mean, he, he had a, a fantastic career as well. You know, different career. Not everybody has to be the five-time world champion, you know, made event all over the place. He was, a, you I mean, know, a low, he was a low-level guy, had it, you know, had his little run after he broke off from uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at his career, you know. Uh, uh, he was in Memphis, Tennessee for Championship Wrestling Association, won the AWA International Heavyweight title. He wrestled at Soul Train Jones there. Um, yeah, I mean, he just he did a lot of great stuff. Obviously, you know, his biggest claim to fame is being the uh, the servant of the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and then finally breaking off away from DiBiase and winning the uh, the Million Dollar Championship. Um, I mean, he was a member of the NWO. He uh, he he did a he did a he did a lot, man. He, in that short amount of time, I mean, uh, nineteen ninety two, he was ranked number seventy four of the five hundred best wrestlers in the world, PWI. And then in uh, two thousand three, he was still one of the top five hundred at uh, number four eighty three. So, uh, Virgil, man, yeah. In the in the latter years, you know, uh, Sam Roberts had started that uh that website, Lonely Virgil, because Virgil would just be at meet and greets and nobody would really meet him. Or at all, and just be a picture of him just with nobody around. And that kind of gave Virgil like a different resurgence, if you will. I mean, he started talking about you know breadsticks and meat sauce and uh and 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 fuck money. Just go 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 watch some of those clips. I mean, Sam Roberts had him on a couple of his shows, a couple of his live events. I mean, it was Virgil was a very charismatic individual, man. So it's it's unfortunate that he's no longer with us. Uh that way he would have been a great guy to talk to and kind of just Pick his brain. Oh man. RIP to Virgil, man. He uh thank you. His real name was Mike Jones, which was another another comedy note. I mean, you know, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Who? You know, Mike Jones. You know, 281-330-8004. Nonetheless, RIP to Virgil. Oh man. yeah. Soul Train Jones. Uh a great talent. And Black History Month too. What? A, oh man, that, that that one, that that one hurt. That 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 one hurt. We we didn't we didn't need that. We we really didn't. But uh, no, seriously, Virgil. Thank you for all your years of service in our business, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. R.I.P. All right. Um, TNA is reportedly going to be trying live television. I saw this and I was like, hmm, what, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, they've kind of gone down this road before. Live television is expensive, so I don't know. If they're, you know, they do like kind of the old school, you know, you tape a live show and then you record a few in the bag. Oh, that's what they kind of, well, that's what they kind of do now, except they just tape them all. But, uh, I mean, with the firing of Scott D'Amore, we've kind of seen the, you know, the TNA landscape maybe shaking up a little bit, you know, with the uh, uh, Alexander kind of re-signing, but then not re-signing. It was a option. And there's just kind of like a weird vibe right now with TNA with maybe Anthem kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say overstepping because they own the company, but, you know, putting a lot of like Anthem people, non-wrestling people in, it kind of makes me, you know, wonder what's going on with that company. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reports with TNA. I mean, they're per- apparently they're interested in Alexander Hammerstone from a former MLW star. Apparently they want to run uh, live shows at Full Sail, which is where NXT used to run. Uh, so, I mean... TNA is really trying to change some things up. I'm not mad at them for where, you know, uh, try to change it up, try to be different. I mean, you know, TNA's tried things in the past. Some have worked, some haven't worked. And by hook or by crook, they're still here. 
And maybe they kind of just lean on that. It's like, oh yeah, we, you know, we've done this for damn near 25 years now, 24 years. And it hasn't killed us yet, but it is not that, cocky, that, that cocky attitude can get you killed. Okay, so here's here's a report. Uh, teenage reportedly considering moving to live TV and Folsom University has been discussed as a potential uh, location for the shows. One of the things that they've been looking at is just uh, not going to happen anytime soon, but they want to go live. The idea is to go live and have a, li a location uh, where they could go every Thursday. Full Sail University is one of the places that has been talked about, allegedly. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Yeah. A lot inside the ring. Uh, Nick Nimeth won the IWGP Global Title. Musaf Ali wins the TNA X Division Title. Um, Tama Tonga has wrestled his last match in New Japan, and Sean Spears, the chairman, has returned to NXT. Yeah, an eventful world uh, outside of AEW and WWE. Um, you know, Nick Nemeth wins the IWGP Global Championship, so you know, good for him. Uh, Mustafa Ali. X Division, I think he's a, a solid talent. You know, his character kind of questionable, you know, with the kind of like the fake politician stuff, which is kind of feels like an over-the-top gimmick that people kind of see through. And uh, Sean Spears going to NXT. I think that's kind of he's, if Baron Corbin's on his way out, if Baron Corbin stays there, he's kind of like in that same vein, you know, a veteran who can kind of go stay there, teach the young people, you know, not kind of, he's not going to be in the main roster, you know, winning titles, so I think he's a perfect fit down there in NXT. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked Sean Spears. I mean, uh, the he, the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger, was was, was, a, was a fun character. Uh, I like how he gets to bring his, you know, the, his AEW character over to the WWE. I, I do like that. Maybe, you know, it kind of shows people like, hey, you know, we did it for Cody. We're doing it with Jade. You know, see with Sean. All these guys came from your company, you know. It's 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 okay to come over here, but uh, yeah, I mean, I always like Sean Spears. You know, he's always thought of himself as like a a television title or an intercontinental championship level competitor. So honestly, like him, like running around with the NXT North American title, I wouldn't hate that. I'd I'd, I'd actually like that. I uh, have have him run around with that for a little bit, and you know, just kind of be a veteran down there to uh, help uh, tell stories. I mean. He's a he's a he's a very talented guy. I mean, uh, Chris Danger, the, uh, the the YouTuber who became a wrestler recently. He was supposed to wrestle Adam Cole in his first match. Cole was unfortunately injured. So who'd they call? They called the chairman. So, you know, he's a guy that could step into those roles and get the job done. So I, I like that. Uh, there's no fan mail this week. Let's get to it. Monday Night Raw was at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. I know a lot of buddies uh, uh, that were there. Uh, so Cody Rhodes defeats Grayson Waller. And then the uh, I was there. Were you really last minute? Just bought like the cheapest ticket and couldn't see the stage. I got one of those side angle limited view seats, but you know, I could see the ring and that's all that mattered. Damn it. Oh, you wow. You just, you just went and didn't tell me, huh? Well, yeah, well someone said they uh, couldn't go because they had like wrestling or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did have that. Did have that. Anyway, Cody defeats Grayson Waller and then uh, the bloodline security comes out there and uh, Cody sells. Tells him, you know, that this is a setup. Then bring it on. You're not hunting me. I'm hunting the bloodline. And of the people that were attacked, AJ Kirsch, you know, former Tough Enough contestant. He, uh, he's been on the show. I saw him. We saw him at Stockton Con. Shout out. Uh, Great then, time over there at Stockton Con. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, the ba uh, bald gentleman was Jordan Oasis, a uh, good brother. And then the African-American cat is Ness. 
he's a student at Pro Wrestling Revolution. Uh, I don't think he's even debuted yet. So that's a that's a huge you know, spot for him. Congratulations to brother. But uh, absolutely yeah. ate a chair from Cody. Yeah, I was like, oh, I need to hit up brother and see uh see see how he's doing. I mean, I was kind of you know I was by the stage, so kind of far away. You could hear that thing just smack off his head. It was it was nasty. Yeah, nasty. But uh, how the in, inside you you were inside the building, so come on, man, let, let us know what was up. I mean, it was a full house. I mean, last I was thinking, I kind of forgot. Like the last last WWE show I went to was Hell in a Cell 2019. So it's been a long time, and how far of a cry it's it has been. There was AEW chance. There was like you know BS chance and all that stuff. And now here in 2024 on the road to WrestleMania, and WWE's like the healthiest has ever been. I don't think I've ever seen the SAP Center that sold out, that packed. Maybe outside of. The uh, like the raw I went to that The Rock was on, you know, when he was facing CM Punk before Royal Rumble. So I mean, that just kind of shows you how where WWE is right now. Because you know, Bay Area, San Jose, it's a it's a good wrestling town. It's not like one of the top tier ones. So for it to be as packed as it was was very impressive. I mean, it's it's easy it's easy for everybody to get to. I mean, it's a it's a nice venue. It's it's small enough to where like you it's not really a bad seat anywhere in the house. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Nia Jax attacks Becky Lynch. Yeah, you know, I talked I've talked about kind of the lack of reception for Becky and I thought that was kind of pronounced on the show. You know, Rhea got a a pretty big reception. Becky, you know, kind of gets the Pavlovian pop from her music, but then when they were face to face, it was definitely a pro Rhea, not anti Becky, but definitely not a a big swell of Becky supporters and then I think WWE knows that and they're kind of putting Rhea back with Dom because Rhea's kind of been on her own recently. And so now putting her with Dom maybe is going to get more booze towards her, maybe some more cheers towards Becky. But um yeah, like as I said, you know, Naya's kind of did her job literally to Rhea, and now she's kind of gonna do the same to Becky right now. Becky did get a good pop when she, you know, came out of the crowd and attacked Naya. But uh one person who didn't like that was Liv Morgan. You only live once. That oblivion she hit in that uh, elimination chamber was dope. I like that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. The New Day win the street fight. How was that? Uh, well, I'd like to break it to you. New Day did not win the street fight. That'd be okay. Imperium won the street fight. But uh, I mean, it was fine. Uh, if only that, that is right. If in only some moments. some some idiots in the around me were in the correct seats because. One person wasn't in their seats, so then somebody else wasn't in their seats, but they weren't even near where the seats were. And there's this whole thing, this big old commotion. And so, like, I watched, like, maybe half of the show, half of the match. Like, people, I don't understand. It's it's so easy. Just go to your seat. You see it's a packed house. It's not the it's not an A's game where there's, like, 3,000 people there in a 60,000 stadium. Like, just go to your seat. It's not, that, it's not that hard. Not that hard. And we weren't even in good seats anyway, so I don't know why you're moving around. But anyways, match itself was fun. Shout out New Day wore the Sharks uh, jerseys. They did have specialty uh, Sharks uh, Bailey shirts. Bailey was nowhere to be seen, but shout out to the collab. I'm sure she was chilling at home. And w- crazy, they actually had multiple merch stands throughout the arena, and they also had a mega merch stand with a bunch of different stuff in it. AEW, if you're just an actual, you know, if you're just a t-shirt company, maybe you have more than one merch stand in an entire venue. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a thing that should happen. Judge I will say it was better in L.A., but there's been times. There's been other shows where just have an extra merch stand. It's not that hard. 
Anyways. Uh, Judgment Day and Imperium, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of not showing their hand with Gunther right now of who's going to face him. I, re- I really don't want it to be a, a multi-person match, like a you know four or five-way. Um, teasing Damian Priest, cashing in on Gunther is interesting, but similar to the Roman Reigns thing, I don't want him cashing in on someone, on Roman himself. I'd rather Priest cash in on the person who beats that person. So at least, you know, the person initially gets something from beating this long-term champion. All right, Judgment Day versus Imperium WrestleMania, all titles on the line. I don't know the, how the logistics of that would work, but... Um, it's, sim- it's simple. Uh, Vinci and Kaiser would be the tag champs, and then Dom would be the Intercontinental Champion? Yeah, there you go. Let's see you do that. I think Sami Zayn versus Gunther is probably... Definitely best match, and they've they've told a good story where I think they it would make sense. Three Haluva <laughs> kicks in a row to win the Intercontinental Championship, and then Damian Priest just comes in there and cashes in on on Sammy, oh, no. and then Sammy turns absolute crazed Joker insane, and you know be, turns heel and faces Cody for the for the world title. There's paint in his face and asking why so serious. Exactly. Sitting in a fetal position asking, so what do you want to talk maybe, about? Maybe, maybe more Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker. No, I, don't know, I don't know. I think him sitting in a fetal position asking, so what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm doing something like that. That could be something. I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to that version of Sami Zayn, of that version of Samuel Zayn. I'm not. I'm not at all. All right, we're going to move on. AEW Revolution. It is this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, why can I? I can't even click this link. I was able to click the link just fine. Okay, here is now. Okay, now the now the link wants to open up. Wow. All right, so here we go. Um, an All Star Scramble match. Winner will receive a future AEW World Championship match. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lance Archer versus Hook versus Brian Cage versus Magnet. Wait, wait, what? Luchador. Okay, I was like. Nick not Aldis just, is yeah, not not SmackDown GM Nick Aldis versus Dante Martin. This is uh, this was supposed to be the Meat Madness match, and then Tony Khan tweeted like, "Oh, because of people not being able to be cleared, we're gonna just change it." Even though uh, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, and uh, Archer are all in this match, but I don't know. Okay, um, well, let's be realistic here. It's probably going to be Wardlow. I mean, the fact it's a world title opportunity, world title match. I I don't know. Is this one? Is this is this elimination? Is this by one pin? Like I on it? I honestly have no idea. Um, they'll you know Excalibur will tell me in like five seconds how this works. Uh, give me Powerhouse Hobbs. We're just gonna have like a meat match. Him and spoiler alert, Samoa Joe. Didn't they do that for the TNT title? I was bored though with Samoa Joe. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, FTR versus the Blackpool Combat Club, consisting of John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know here. This one definitely can go could go either way. Um, should be a really fun match. I will give it to give it to the actual tag team in FTR. Okay, okay. 
All right. Uh, Christian Cage with Killswitch Mother Wayne and the Prodigy Nick Wayne versus Daniel Garcia for the TNT Championship. We're giving it to Christian. Yeah, I think Christian wins. Maybe they threaten to kill Garcia, and then uh, Copeland makes his illustrious return. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Will Ospreay versus uh, Konosuke Takeshna. Oh, this is just for Takeshna to eat a loss? Wow. Should be the best match of the night, to be honest. Uh, Will Ospreay should win, and kind of on the same boat as you. Takeshita has beat Kenny Omega twice, and they have did, done literally nothing with it, and now he's going to lose to Will Ospreay. Like, if you did something with Takeshita, and then he loses to Ospreay, Ospreay gains a whole hell of a lot more than just beating Takeshita in his current form right almost now. So like, I, it's almost like he got two big wins and should have like went for a championship and won it, right? Or at least like threaten for it or do something like he was just. No, they have know. enough titles. They could have put one on him. Well, I mean, you said world title, but like. No, I said a title. Well, I mean, who really, who really cares about like every other title except for like the world title? I mean, the, I'd say the TNT title is probably the most important title on their show. I would argue the international title probably is second just because of how many times Cassidy's defended it, even though we've kind of done this numerous times right now with Cassidy. But um, why does he still have to give that to somebody else, please? Um, Eddie Kingston defends the A or the Continental uh, Crown Championship, the AEW Continental Championship, which is the Ring of Honor World Title, which is the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship against Brian Danielson. If Danielson loses, he has to shake the hand of Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go Eddie Kingston because Danielson don't be winning. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Kingston as well. Um, you know the the story's been building to this. Also, Danielson, I don't think should be you know strapped with these titles, which is like just the it's not the lowest. Yeah, I mean it kind of is. It's too many titles in AEW. I don't think Danielson should be having these. We'll see. The AEW Women's Championship: Timeless Tony Storm with Mariah May and Luther. Versus Deanna Perrazzo. I'm going with Timeless Tony Storm. This might be wishful thinking on my part, but uh, I'll go with Perrazzo. Um, I'm not out on the Tony Storm thing, but I think it's just kind of shown that it's very kooky and over the top, and I just don't know if it kind of fits as like a top-level title act. Like It's entertaining in the moment, but it's like she's had, what, three pay-per-view matches at this point, and... I haven't cared about any of them. Like they've put some work into this, but it's it just doesn't click with me. Yeah, I know I'm a fuddy duddy. I'd have no fun. Oh, fuddy duddy here! All right, Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong is going to be accompanied by Matt Taven and Mike Bennett uh, for the AW International Title. Put it on Roddy. Do it. Just do it. Yeah, this Devil Group's just been dead in the water, like. They, even before, even before the Adam Cole reveal, and I think put wait, some put some gold on him. They revealed Adam Cole, and then he just left. Right, that was it. Basically, and then he just kind of shows up and sits down at ringside because they don't want to show him hobbling around on crutches. So I think you just have Roddy win the title, have some sort of meaning behind it, because if Adam Cole and MJF aren't going to face off for a while, you, you need to have something of substance there. And even if Roddy is. You know, maybe kind the of a, devil should have been somebody who can actually wrestle. I'm just saying. But, uh, 
you know, I I think the devil should have been Britt Baker. I think that would have been fun. That would have been very interesting. Oh, she was complaining about you know on Twitter and stuff. You know she hasn't really been on TV. That would have that would have given her something. That would have been a lot of fun. I don't even like is. I assume she's hurt with like something, unless it's just creative has nothing for her. But don't you I hate mean, that? don't you hate there's nothing I mean, if for you? Peraza wins. You know you can have Mercedes Monet come in. Maybe she has a feud with Britt Baker to kind of start it off, and then I. I don't know. Because they have like some good women there. Jamie Hayter. Who knows when the hell she's going to come back. It's almost coming up on a year now at this point. Damn, really? Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, they right. got it through that double or nothing match. Haven't seen her since. It is the AEW World Championship. Former champion Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana and Samoa Joe, the champion. You don't want to do a new champion with the retirement match looming, so I'm a, I'm gonna go Samoa Joe. Needless swerve on Dynamite this week with Hangman Page and his ankle. It didn't make a lot of sense. It just felt like a swerve for the sake of a swerve, bro. bro. Exactly. Um, I think they might tell the story of Hangman loses just so Swerve doesn't win. And I agree with you. This isn't going to be the main event. Um, I think Samoa Joe walks out champion, and maybe we get a singles match, Joe and Double or nothing. All right. And then for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the Brothers Bucks, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, go up against Darby Allen with Ric Flair and his tag team partner, Sting. This is Sting's retirement match. Sting just had his last AEW Dynamite. It was a farewell of farewells. Does Sting do the job? Does he go out on his back, or does he retire as the tag team champion? Well, old school would suggest you always go out on your back looking at the lights. Brother. But I don't think it's going to happen here. I think Sting and Darby get the win. Um, okay, so then what happens to the tag titles? They get held in abeyance, and we have another tournament because we all know Tony Khan loves oh. himself a tournament. No, just give it to the brothers bucks. The brothers of that buck. I'm trying to figure out a new name for them because, I mean, if they're going to be all serious, then they can't be young bucks. Yeah, the brothers buck. Or the Jackson brothers. I, th there's definitely not like a, uh, you know, a trademark on that, right? There's definitely not a, a very famous... Music group that has that name? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. They can do it. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jackson Two, the Jackson Duo. It's it, I got the brothers Buck and they pin Sting. I got Darby Allen hitting the coffin drop for the win. I got Darby Allen turning on Sting. <laughs> also, another swore for the sake of a swore that didn't make a lot of sense was the whole Ric Flair turns on the Young Bucks. Before the show, I thought it would have made more sense if he turned on them at Revolution, but maybe that is a a suggestion that they aren't that the Young Bucks are going to win because you know you would think if Ric Flair returned, then that lead to the win of it. So I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for us. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast, another episode to talk about all things professional wrestling. Um, 
Yeah. Maybe Under the Radar comes back and does a revolution breakdown. Uh, that would be, yes, please do that. I mean, we need you to do that. That'd be great. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. As always, be safe and stay dangerous. The Bully Cast now, feel us. The Bully Cast now, feel us. Elite Podcasting. No, we are. Elite Podcasting. No, we are. Oh, 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 oh. This has been the Bullocast. Thank you for listening.